This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Have you ever made sweet almond love? Or told your partner, love you, ilang, ilang time? Or screamed in ecstasy, oh, oh, Yehovah? You will with Astroglide O. That's right, Astroglide O is USDA certified organic dual purpose massage oil and personal lubricant. Made from ultra hydrating plant-based oils, Astroglide O has a luxurious feel and delicious coconut scent. But please don't take our word for it. Experience it first. Hand, fellas. That's right, try a free sample at astroglide.com slash pure pleasure and indulge in an organic erotic experience. Astroglide.com slash pure pleasure. Hi guys, welcome to Reality Bites, a podcast about sex, love, relationships, and dating in the digital age. I'm your co-host, Courtney Kosak. You could say host. Can I say host? You say host and then I'm your co-host. Steve Hernandez. <laughs> yeah, you don't guys, we're still figuring out. Yeah, no, no, you say host. You're still the host. I'm st- if I were to die, the show would still go on. But if I, if you were to, if I were to die, if I were, were to die, die I would, would want over. you. No, I would want you to take care of it. Thank you. I'm glad we got this out of the way. I'll talk to the people at Jash. <laughs> she said she wanted it. I know. It's like it's like if you take out a life insurance policy and you're always like a little scared. You're like looking over your shoulder. <laughs> No. <laughs> I'd always wanted to. I love uh, sex and relationship and dating thing. To me, I have other podcasts, but to me, this kind of stuff feels uh, the closest to my heart. Uh, I asked I asked the, the guests today. I asked Ma- Maggie and uh, Whitney today, like, what made them become a kind of activist in, in sexuality in a way. And uh, I do... I mean, I feel like I didn't talk too much about myself, but I feel like I feel called to be like a sexual person like that, uh, like an activist mm-hmm. um, for men, um, not in a, a pro man way, but just, you know, I've done queer things and I, I don't like to feel trapped by anything, any gender normative things. And like societal expectations. Yeah, and societal and like- expectations. And, you know, I do think it is sad. You see movies like this. and I know there are men like this who are gay and they um they keep it you know i i have did anybody see brokeback mountain (laughs) which i actually (laughs) no i i loved brokeback mountain i did too yeah i loved it and i i thought it was so sad the ending scene when the heath ledger character you know could love him so much but couldn't get over himself you know i have relatives that are older um that are gay that never came out really yeah I mean, never came out, then I, I think that he may be living in a way that uh, I think he might be like doing gay things where he lives, mm-hmm. but uh, he lo- he's never talked to uh, other family members about it and everything Aww. like that. All that's like so sad to me. Yeah. And uh, even when I was, you know, um, figuring out what I was, so I, you know, I would be masturbating and then you know i think about a guy and then that'd make me come so i was like oh am i gay i don't know right so i've experimented a whole bunch i don't know why i keep experimenting but uh <laughs> <laughs> but uh it's uh it's just such a shitty thing and i think sex is so interesting because 
it's really who we are at our core. Mm -hmm. We don't really have a lot of control over it a totally. lot of times, but it is in many ways just kind of who we are. And so to, to make force people to try to hide those things or to, um, to keep what you really feel under wraps, I, to me, it's, the, it's like the saddest thing. I totally agree. And I think like the best course of action in, in like making sure that that happens less and less as time goes on is just like normalizing whatever you are on the gender or sexuality spectrum and like any, any option, I mean, don't fuck kids, but like any option <laughs> is okay, yeah. you know, and like, well, you know, especially as a Mexican man and stuff, they don't. But I also know that I'm in an interesting position that I've always lived my life in such a way where I can talk about this and they don't know what to do about it. Mm -hmm. But I like that. It's supposed to be complicated. You're not supposed to be able to dismiss me because I've had sex with men. And so that's one of the reasons why I talk about those things. I do want to normalize them. But uh, also, you know, I don't know. It's just it's it's very interesting to me. But anyways, I'm I'm happy to be part of this podcast because I do love all this shit. And I do think I talk most about myself on this podcast because I'm always thinking about relationships and sexuality and marriage and dating and what works and what doesn't work. And it's hard to tell what society puts on us and what is truly in our heart. That is totally yes. And I mean, even like, I feel like I, for the most part, have my identity, you know, as far as like sexuality and gender go, like my identity's been sorted out and like, you know, has always felt pretty much the same and it is not in conflict with like, like societal expectations, but it's still, all these topics are such an exploration because like, you know, when we wind up talking about polyamory, for instance, or whatever, and it's like, I find myself like wondering which pieces are like biologically who I am and like what society has put on me and like what is influencing what makes me comfortable and uncomfortable etc. And it's so, yeah, it's good to keep talking about all this shit. Yeah. I mean, I'm always wondering how I feel about um, monogamy. And I yeah. talk with it, of course, with Julia, but all these things. And I go back and forth, you know, last, I don't know what order we're going to hear this, but when we had Andy. Um, He's An going to be next week, but yeah. Okay. When Andy Haynes is on, I, I'm like, yeah, you know, I do understand because I wasn't a polyamorous marriage that it doesn't work and that it feels selfish, but sometimes it doesn't feel selfish at all. But I, I don't know. We're trying to figure it all out. Yeah. I don't think I'm gay, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, my I, God. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why right now. Uh, although, this is what I, I've always said, I think, is that I don't, I don't think I'm, uh, I'm gay, but if I'm in a group-type situation, I don't mind doing all that shit. But yesterday, I was in a sketch. Uh, I got asked to be in a sketch with... Oh, uh, I saw you posted Yeah, Matt this. Legrand, and it's like a full-on gay sex scene, like the stuff we're doing. Uh -huh. And... I was on, and Matt's a specimen. Like, he's a beautiful man, like, cut up, like, nice thighs, everything. <laughs> like, he's a real specimen. And I had him, you know, we were a sack on sack yes, with underwear, yes. but still, like, you know. And I had his leg thrown up over my shoulder, and I was like, ah, I'm not turned on. Guess I'm not. You didn't dead. pop a chub? No, I didn't. And, and, you know, going there, getting ready for the sketch, because I knew it was going to be sexy. 
you know, I was, I was grooming myself as if like, I'm going to, we're going to have sex right now. Cause I knew we were going to be at the very, like down to our underwear. So I'm on top of this guy. And as we do more cuts of it, I'm closer to his face and it's like doing, cause it's a lot uh-huh. of dirty talk too. So I'm like, oh yeah, this is cool. But I don't, um, but also, but like I said, if I'm in a drunk type situation or whatever, or with a couple or anything, I don't mind sucking a guy's dick. Just a little meat. <laughs> Or a lot of me, depending on the guy. <laughs> oh my God, so funny. But you know what's really interesting about today's episode? Um, I know it sounds, uh, Whitney said it, and I didn't get a chance to, it sounds really easy. Because people talk, when people talk about rape, they say it's not about sex, it's about power. I've heard that a lot too, but I, I hadn't heard of um, street harassment or sending dick pics. I haven't heard it said about that that same thing too. That harassing oh, yeah. a woman isn't about actually trying to get them. It's about just exerting your power over them. I hadn't felt that. I hadn't heard that in that way. And that really hit home for me in a big way. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's the feeling that you get when you're in one of these situations where like, and especially, you know, there's like street hollering and then there's like the version where it gets like, really aggressive and well, scary. Well, Maggie talked about people following her into her apartment. Yeah, complex. yeah. And I've had shit like that happen. And that's even when someone like too aggressively yells at you, like you feel you're like, oh, I can't fully def, def- there's you feel powerless. I mean, that's just the whole thing. And like, you know, I think I don't know how conscious it is for all the guys that are doing it, but I think that's like definitely at the forefront. It's well, crazy. We just, just cause our bodies are so much bigger. We're not used to, I know personally, I'm not used to feeling in physical danger all the time. I just don't know what that feels oh, like. Oh yeah. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> because, because you can't say or react in all the ways that you want to, because yeah. it is not safe. Even like rocks, do you, Roxanne Gay, yeah. uh, she talks about like, you know, and like, I- I'm, I'm not nearly the strength of Roxanne Gay. And I, you know, she talks about the same thing of just being like, you can't, there's nothing you can do because it's dangerous for you to do that. It's fucked up. Yeah. So exciting episode ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make sure you guys go to the Slut Walk. It's this week or this Sunday would be October 1st, right? Yeah. Uh, and you can get tickets for, was it called, is it thank you with the... The coupon <laughs> code, we're going to post, go to our social media, go to Reality Bites Pod um, on whatever platform and we will post... Um, how you can get tickets to Slut Walk and the Dick Pic Show. And that, yes, there's a coupon code that will make it free. But both of these um, projects and shows are going to be amazing. And definitely, if you're in the L.A. area, you should definitely check them out. And if not, look look these ladies up online because it's really cool stuff that they're doing. I know they're hesitant to, like, you know, necessarily get behind the whole, like, artist activist identity but which they're doing mean, really great work which means they're great activists and probably great artists too yeah totally. because <laughs> only jerk offs really embrace that title <laughs> totally totally um so yeah i guess this is a great episode so without further ado support for today's show comes from audible 
Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from leading publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, and business information providers. Unlike a streaming or rental service, with Audible you own your books. You can access them anytime, anywhere, from almost any device including your iPhone, iPad, Android, Amazon Fire, tablets, or Windows Phone. Plus, thanks to the great listener guarantee, if you don't like your title, you can swap it for a new one. Not to mention, Audible channels give you a collection of exclusive originals, short stories, and comedy. So you'll always have something new to listen to. Steve, what are you listening to? Oh, you know what? You gotta check out The Butterfly Effect by John Ronson. I believe it's even free, so you can check that one out for free. But I also just finished out Hunger by Roxane Gay. I'm all oh, over these books. so good. Yeah. I, I'm listening to Naked by David Sedaris. Yeah, it's a little older, but you know. Whatever. <laughs> Get a free audiobook with 30-day trial at audible.com slash reality. That's right, audible.com slash reality. That's R-E-A-L-I-T-Y for a free audiobook with your 30-day trial. Are you ready to experience pleasures of the flesh? The luxurious feel of nuts and arousing sensations from Mother Nature? I'm telling you, it's possible. With the organic ingredients found in Astroglide O. Astroglide O is a USDA certified organic dual purpose massage oil and personal lubricant. It's made from a unique blend of ultra hydrating plant-based oils, like a ridiculously smooth to the touch coconut oil, sweet almond oil, and argan oil, abundant with moisture. That's a lot of oil. And it has rich decadent oils from the tropical Elong Elong flower petals and sunflowers. These are just some of the 99% organic ingredients that bring Astroglide O to life. Whether you're using it as a personal lubricant, me, or massage oil, Astroglide O's luxurious feel and delicious coconut scent will help you experience pure pleasure. Experience Astroglide O for yourself. Get a free sample at astroglide.com slash pure pleasure. That's astroglide.com slash pure pleasure. And don't worry, the packaging is discreet. Experience pure pleasure. And now for today's interview. You guys, I am so excited about our guest today. They are repeat offenders on this podcast. Um, we have two besties, Maggie West and Whitney Bell. And Steve Hernandez is here, yeah. too. Oh, you don't have to introduce me anymore. I'm in the show all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. they were just going to yeah, hear the smooth barrette, but I'm so happy to have these women here. Boyfriend <laughs> on the back. Yeah. <laughs> happy to we, be here. We wanted to have you guys back because you're both working on, like, super timely feminist, kind of, like sexuality, gender-driven projects, and we wanted to get the DL. So, Meg, yours is coming up first. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, uh, almost a week before Whitney, um, so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I am doing a my first, like, really large-scale art installation um, mm -hmm. for the Amber Rose Slut Walk, which is on October 1st. Um, I believe the festival opens at noon. Um, it's, like, either 10 a.m. or noon, but, like, early afternoon. Mm -hmm. I think it goes to, like, 6. Um and so within that, I am building like basically like a giant outdoor, what is going to look like stained glass ceiling, um, which is comprised of portraits uh, that I shot of 40 women um, over the last like It's going to be on the weeks. ceiling? Yeah. Like, so, a, it's like a cathedral like of naked ladies. Like yes. it is a cathedral yeah. of oh, naked Oh, that's amazing. Um, 
Yeah, like, uh, yeah, the whole the whole process for the shoot went really quickly. Like, I basically met with everybody for Slut Walk, and, um, you know, I felt like a lot of my work was really relevant to, like, what totally. they were doing. Like, you know, I did the photo series for uh, Planned Parenthood, which which you were in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, you know, and then I released a book right after that that was about the spectrum of gender and sexuality. Was that 23? Yeah, that was my book, 23. So... So, yeah, so I just felt like in general my body of work was, like, you know, kind of relevant to what they do. And so, yeah. So, yeah, they asked me what I wanted to do. And I came up with this concept for this, like, kind of outdoor cathedral y thing. Um, the, The install is called 98, which is based on a Department of Justice statistic that says that every 98 seconds an American is sexually assaulted. Um, oh, God. which is like crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, so I like the number theme too. Yeah. That's kind of dope. Yeah, I'm just really lazy with titles. I don't, <laughs> I don't like doing it. it seems, so I don't. It seems well thought out and Thanks. smart. <laughs> um, so one of the things that I love about this project is that, um, your, your sluts are all gorgeous as you photograph them and, and I'm sure in real life, but you have like just a wide spectrum of like body types, which is like something that you um, weave throughout your work too. It's like, seems like when you explore gender, you explore like the whole spectrum. Um, how, how did you, like who who's involved and in, and in what was fun about photographing them? Oh, there's so many uh, different types of women involved with this. I think in total there were 40 women, um, uh-huh. including myself. I actually took self-portrait for it. Which um, is in Penthouse, right? <laughs> and Whitney, both of you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So Whitney is also in it. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. To me, it was just really important to get like a really broad spectrum of women just because I feel like the issues that Slut Walk addresses are very relevant to all women, regardless of your like gender identity or sexual mm-hmm. orientation or um, the profession. Like, I just mm-hmm. think like, and, and I think that's one of my favorite parts about the project is that like, like, for example, we had a ton of porn stars in it, but we also had like some like YouTube people whose content is primarily geared towards children. And I just thought it was really great that we had this combination of like, women who are definitely some of whom you've totally seen naked before and some of them have absolutely never been nude in public like coming together to be naked for this cause and kind of shine a light on this a little bit that's so cool i we were talking before that the podcast but um when i saw allison raskin's picture i was like yes she is like so tight i had no idea i was always like doing kid shit i was like where did you get those no allison allison is so hot (laughs) totally because alaska thunderfuck looks so good oh thank you yes alaska is also very hot um this is uh alaska performed in my book launch party for 23 and alaska is also in sand so this is alaska nice third third project together (laughs) that's awesome and then uh whitney you have the dick pic show coming up like right after right at the weekend hers is on sunday mine's on the following friday 
we're like back to back. You gals are busy right now. Yeah. Super busy. We <laughs> still find time to like get matcha every yeah. other day though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to run off something, you know. It's <laughs> true. Um, yeah, it's Sugar the third. <laughs> it's the third installation of my anti-harassment unsolicited dick pic gallery show. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one was in LA like a year and a half ago. Then we did San Francisco which completely sold out. Thus far, we've had 4,500 people attend and we've raised over $5,000 for charity. And this one is like bigger and even better than anything has been so far. It's two days um, with DJs and dancing and drinks and 200 unsolicited dick pics set up in a gallery space um, meant to imitate a woman's home to show how invasive sexual harassment is. Interspersed with quotes and sort of text message screenshots mm-hmm. of, you know, the sort of harassing and assaulting things men say when they're sending images like this. Um, those we source from by Felipe, which is this like crazy popular Instagram account. So good. Check who calls out. out guys. It's so good. Um, and then on the second day of the event, we have a full roster of panels and workshops, um, intersectional, intersectional feminism 101 for men, which is very important. Uh-huh. Um, harassment in the digital era and the intersection of feminism and pornography, which actually Maggie really helped me fill out the roster for that one because she has so many great porn connects. Yeah. Um, and we have blowjob and pussy eating workshops. Yes. We have a 200 dildo photo booth, which is really difficult to construct and <laughs> I'm spending so much time on. Um, a vibrator vending machine, um, dildo painting classes, Artwork from 30 artists who made pieces specifically for the event, Um, eight tattoo artists doing live feminist tattooing, and all other kinds of shit. Shirley Manson's going to be on one of our panels, which is like my dream. (laughs) Um, And then we have authors and journalists, um, senior editors at Playboy and Ms., uh, porn stars, feminist pornographers, a whole um, body positive bloggers. We really ran the gamut of women... um, to try to elevate as many voices as we could for this and discuss not just dick pics, but sexual harassment as a whole. Yeah, I love the, like, awareness. And, I mean, obviously, that's the aim of the project, but I love that you have incorporated so much of, like, education kind of into the the show. It's so cool. Um, That's really, like, the direction we're trying to go in with it. And... And we're hoping to do New York next and then a full tour and and make it three days and do even more of these panels and get even more like women and, and um, feminist thinkers involved um, and really turn it into like an educational festival, I guess. That's so awesome. Um, what I saw, I can't remember, it was like a social media post and uh, you referred to yourself as an artist, which made my heart so warm because you remember last time you came on yeah. and you like refused to acknowledge that. <laughs> well, like, what am I supposed to say? Like my medium is dick pics. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but now I've been called that just so we've gotten so much press around the show, which I'm so thankful for. But I've been called that so many times. And and I do think it is art. It's just not art in the traditional sense. You know, I'm not a painter, but oh, but I, but I, there's such a huge range within conceptual art, like it's right true. now. That like, you know, like you. <laughs> well, that's why I'm embracing it now. It just took me a minute. <laughs> and, so, and and uh, photography didn't even appeal to you at the beginning, right, Maggie? Because you didn't you say something like that? Like when you were younger, you were like, I didn't realize I could do 
so many different like staged things yeah, with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, in the in the very beginning when I was in college, I worked as a photographer, but I like literally it was just a thing that I did for money. Like I like uh-huh. didn't really care about it. Um, and I was like way more into illustration and like painting and stuff like that. Um, and it wasn't until later, like after. After, uh, you know, I basically realized that you could produce your own shoots and like, you know, I got when I got more into upscale fashion photography and kind of realized the extent of which you could like create, create an image and use photography, but not actually document what what is there outside of what you made. You know what I mean? Totally. Totally. That's cool. Um, How how conscious is it for both of you that you like include these uh sexuality and gender and like um kind of body positivity messages within your work is it something that you like set out to do or like do you just keep finding yourself gravitating towards these projects that really allow you to express that well, um, for me, at least with um, with the last couple projects I've done, um, like with my projects that are portraiture series, mm-hmm. like um, like twenty three and like this uh, series for Slut Walk, like to me it seems crazy if you're going to make a book about like a spectrum of sexuality to right. like only have one type of person in it, like that that just doesn't make any totally. sense. And like and like the same thing for Slut Walk. It's like these are. This is an installation about issues that affect all women. All women. So yeah. I, I really wanted to make sure. And like, and like, obviously, like, no, I think it's virtually impossible to do something that is 100% inclusive. Like, no matter what you do, you're going to end up leaving somebody out, you know, like, and like, I mean, even within my series for Slut Walk right now, like, yeah, it is a really diverse crowd. And there's lots of different types of people and and stuff like that but um but you know I mean everyone's roughly the same age like we all live in LA Mm -hmm. like (laughs) but Mm -hmm. so I never claim to be completely inclusive because I just don't think you can be I mean or or you can but you maybe can't be in the week and a half that I shot this you know like Maggie and I like talk all the time about how no matter (laughs) what we do no matter how hard we try to be like completely intersectional completely inclusive we get slammed for something (laughs) somebody will come out and be like well you didn't yeah and you know and that's just part you you can try as hard as you can and 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 that doesn't deter you from trying it you know in the future but totally I find the same thing with like when we're booking the podcast it's like you know you, you can do your very best to be as inclusive as you can. And then you'll like look at somebody's Instagram and you'll be like, fuck, I didn't even think to, about that perspective or, you know, or, whatever. Or like people are just creative. Like I got some comment the other day that was like, um, well, this is really inclusive. However, I didn't see anybody with body hair and like did you make everyone <laughs> shave and wax which I of course I don't make everyone shave and wax before they come in and in fact there were actually I was like I have a bush yeah I was in your photo like- <laughs> yeah there's actually a lot of people who like definitely had underarm hair but I guess the photo of their arm being up didn't make it in like I mean it's it's silly you know <laughs> yeah. and all the bushes have like those like bright flashes yeah <laughs> flashes on them <laughs> That yeah, I mean, sparkle. <laughs> I love that. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, and for for me, again, the same thing. I always try to be as inclusive and intersectional as possible, um, especially with this like new introduction of the panels and stuff. But one thing that I found when I was trying to find all these panelists with that intersectionality in mind 
was that I was finding white women after white women, mm-hmm. very educated white women after white women who had master's degrees, who, who had, you know, five books under their mm-hmm. belt. And I was like, there were fewer women of color represented in that market. And it made me so aware of that that's not based on skill or intellect. It's based on opportunity. And yeah. that it was harder for me, significantly harder for me to find women of color the same caliber just because they hadn't been given that opportunity. Um that's so and true. of course, like I didn't mind going the extra mile. And we actually, I think, have more women of color represented than white women. But it was very intentional um, mm-hmm. and it was more difficult. And it, it just opened my eyes even more to that um, reality. Yeah, totally. So how you guys are our besties. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How um, I didn't know that before. We're like we didn't know each other when we both were on the show. Yeah, really. Yeah, we the didn't first know time we were on your show, we had, we had never met. I think Whitney and I met um, because when you had your catharsis carnival, oh, um, yeah. which was like an awesome giant charity event that brought together all these cool artists. Um, she asked me to donate some work to that. And that's how we first met. Yeah, um, she like came to drop off a piece like the day I was setting up. Yeah. And I like barely could talk to you. And then you came with your boyfriend. And we just... Yeah. Yeah. That's it, it so Love at first sight. It really <laughs> <laughs> now, we, now we get so much coffee together. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be so nice to have like a sounding board for, you know, you guys like do kind of like specific work. And I know, you know, Maggie, you you do a lot of commercial work as well and like kid you've got your kid bell clothing uh line but you guys have like a very activist centric art streak and like it must be nice having kind of a partner in crime in that well it's a, i i feel like one of the best parts of our friendship is uh is that like whitney and i are often going through a lot of the same things at the same time and so like it's nice to have somebody to who can relate to like totally. you know whatever like oh my god this install needs to be up in a week and i'm losing my mind and i just did three interviews and da, 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 you know like whatever like so it's it's nice to talk to somebody who's also going through a lot of those things and can relate to you. Totally. Especially with, you know, when I talk to my friends or, you know, complain to my friends who maybe aren't in this industry, I'm like, oh, I did three interviews today. Like, I want to die. And like, now I have to do this. And how many times can I say the same thing over and over Mm -hmm. again? They're like, are you seriously complaining about press interviews? (laughs) Like, shut up. Like, no one cares. But Maggie's like, I get it. Like, we can, like, we can bitch about the same things. And that is really helpful. The foundation of a beautiful friendship (laughs) is being able to complain about the same thing. It really is, though. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Um, Did you guys have this thing, uh, random musing, um, where, like, when I was, like, 23 and I just got out of uh, college or whatever, 21, that whole little like pre-25 period of time, was it like so hard to make adult friends? Did you guys have the same thing? Well, I grew up in LA, so I I got to skip that kind of, and and I dropped out of college after like six months. I was like, fuck this. Like, I know how to do art. Sure, sure. I'm coming home. And... It all, my whole base was here, so I you like, didn't have to out. rediscover yeah. like. A but friend that's group. actually like I think kind of come back to bite me in the ass now because I'm like friends with all these people from high school, and not that I don't love them, but it's not it's not like the same thing as the friends that you create when you're older based on your shared interests, like Maggie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I had a I had a ton of friends at that age because um, like I 
think I moved out here at 23. So between 21 and 23, like I was still in my like college town with mm-hmm. all my friends. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess I made friends fairly quickly when I moved out here. I think if anything, to me, friendships in your early 20s are like not hard because you're like out partying and like being, you know, a kid. And so like it's really easy to make friends. For me, I think I think like being like post 30 making friends is more difficult because Mm. I have so little time. Like I can like barely hang out for sure. But like, don't you usually though then um when as soon as you I mean I know that I'm do that I'm I'm in my 30s too when you find someone that you click with instantly then you're like oh I want to hold on to this Oh yeah person. we hang out all the time I mean <laughs> my, yeah but we only been friends like 6 months we're like no 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 this is it Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was, it happened that quick though right I mean yeah. I guess it's just like in romantic relationships when you meet someone cuz it happens fewer and farther in between Well and I was reading some like article online or something and they were saying that like like basically they called them ambivalent friendships like the friendships where you're like i kind of like this Uh person but not really you know like those are actually more stressful on you psychologically than like not liking somebody because if you don't like somebody like you know you're not gonna hang out with them you're like oh whatever i don't like them you know but like when you're like oh i guess i should get coffee with them but i really don't want to like that shit is draining that's (laughs) so interesting yeah that attracted to it's yeah. like i know even if they're good looking like i know i should be in you're this, like i just don't. I don't want to yeah i mean i think and we've all had those moments with either dating or with friendships where you're like well this looks great on paper and yet i'm just not having a good time but at least you can break up with someone in a romantic relationship you can't like break up with your friend that just yeah, makes no, you look like a cunt like you can't be hard. like you know like there's nothing holding us together but i never want to see you again. and then also you know yeah. i like to talk about things like that but it doesn't make sense to do that sometimes with someone that you like or they like you. How about when you find a friend that likes you a lot more than you like oh, them? Oh, that's the worst. And you're like, oh my God. So you don't want to, especially in this town, you don't you don't want to offend anybody or you yeah. just don't never know when something's going to come back to. So you just got to let it be. And I yeah. that's the, I don't like being that kind of person. Where you Slowly just like, ghost them. <laughs> yeah, where you go, I don't like to ghost fade. anyone in any way, but you just have to sometimes. I love the romantic relationship like analogy because I feel like that's kind of true. It is like when you meet somebody that you want to be like besties with or just whatever inspires you you're like oh it's like falling in love (laughs) it's so cute uh what what um you guys are are activists in sexuality how did that how did that happen and you know i'm a stand-up comic and my stuff is i am a i guess a sex comic for lack of a my half my stuff ends up being about sex and queer sex and and uh uh reg uh, not regular uh just heterosexual stuff i just I, 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 I think I know why I like it, but even listening to you, and it's important work, but why is it important to you? And why did you choose to go down that path? Or, or when did you choose to go down that path? Well, I guess for me, as a woman, you never really get to not be sexualized. Like I started mm. becoming sexualized by the world around me and by men around me at 11 years old before I even knew what sex really was. And... So it it was never really like a choice. It was just a part of my life. And the older I got and the more aware of sort of the inappropriateness of it all and the harassment that that women face every single day, um, I started to realize that, that I wanted to do something about it, that I wanted to stand up against it, and that a lot of women didn't have the privilege and didn't have the empowerment to do that. So I felt sort of a responsibility to do that for the people that felt like they couldn't 
Um, and I get a lot of shit for it all the time, like an insane amount of harassments and rape threats and death threats and all kinds of stuff, like almost every day. And that has only like further proved to me that the work that I'm doing is necessary and that opening up this conversation is necessary and that um, a lot of women don't have the strength or the fortitude to to do that and that I would never wish that upon them. And I... Uh, I don't know. With people like Maggie, I've been able to to fare it okay. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, I mean, I think I think for me at least, like, uh, not not all of my work is politically motivated. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, like like I did, I had a big art show earlier this year that was about flowers. <laughs> <laughs> some of them, like, like, some yeah, of them, yeah. sexual. Yeah. 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 Some of them look like pussies. That's like true. a lot of That's them true. look like pussies. Like, I mean, it's like, I'm not saying sex isn't present, but like it's not necessarily a politically active mm-hmm. thing. However, the two, the two big projects that I've done um, like being the stand show, which was a benefit for Planned Parenthood, and then this one with Slut Walk. Like, I feel like honestly, like they're both very relevant to my life. Like, I've I was going to Planned Parenthood from the time I was like getting birth control as a teenager up until like not that long ago, and so to me, it was really important to like work to preserve that, you know. And then with Slut Walk, I mean, like. You know, if you're a woman, especially if you're in an urban area um, and you're just walking around and God forbid you have big tits or big ass or something like like the amount of harassment that we just all deal with all the time is insane. Like I had in July, I think I got followed home to my apartment door three times. Dude, like, you called me like every time. Yeah, freaking I'm out. like it fucking happened again. She's like, again, <laughs> again. Yeah, like granted, my neighborhood is not the best, but like. Literally three times. And then I had like two other incidences where they didn't actually f- go into my apartment building. But like, uh, like I was like walking home. I'm from- sorry. So those three times they followed you into your building? Yeah. Like, like I, like, yeah, it, it, I had, I had multiple people like go into my building. Like this one dude like was on my stairs and I didn't even realize he'd come in behind me until I was already in the building. And then he grabbed me. He grabbed my arm. What? Yeah. This happened this month. uh, July. Like, it was a little bit earlier in the summer. Yeah, like, um, and, like, yeah, he grabbed me, and he was just, like, I realized at that point that it was, like, a dude on meth or something, and then he was, like, what apartment building do you live in? And I was, like, or which, which one is yours? And I was just, like, oh, my God. And, like, I just very quickly went into my apartment and called the superintendent, and, like, they, whatever. Since then, they've switched the locks, um on our our building but like yeah i mean like that's just insane and like yeah i know i live in a shitty part of hollywood but like that is crazy and like and like even like i was in the valley that same month i don't know why july was just the month for me for this (laughs) but like i was leaving my boyfriend's apartment and i was walking to my car and this dude starts following me with his car and then he pulls up beside me and he's like oh do I know you like the normal like bullshit or whatever and I just kind of like roll my eyes and like keep walking he literally pulled his car up to cut me off onto the sidewalk like it's just like blocking me walking with his car and it's like your ass blah 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 and just starts like saying some really wild shit and you know like and it's like you know 
at this point, like, I don't, I don't even go out this much. Not that anyone is like asking for it or deserves this, but like, this is just me walking to the grocery mm-hmm. store and back or like my car from my boyfriend's place at like three in the afternoon. This is not like me in a dark alley, like whatever. And I was like, and this was around the same time I was doing slut walk. And I was like, this is just so ridiculous. Like, and I mean, I don't like, I don't necessarily think that like my heart installation is going to like change the world and change all of these men. But I think that like the like 40 women publicly getting naked together to be like, look, I should be able to even do this. And it doesn't make it okay for any, anyone to like threaten me or like be violent. Like I should be able to sexually express myself, you know, without threats of violence. Like it's just crazy. It's really real. Like I, I have a, even with a pit bull, I have a like pit mix yeah. who I walk in my sweatpants looking very unattractive. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's like every time, yeah. which is yeah. crazy. And it's just like really insidious psychologically to like, do you know what I mean? I well, just, someone it wears like, on your you. Your body's not yours. I see you, and so that makes your body my property. I get to yell at you and claim control over you because I want to, because I have that power, because no one's told me I can't do this. Well, and it's so, like, like the guy that drove in front of me on the sidewalk, like, I mean, I was so pissed off afterwards, but I was, like, driving home, and I was, like, I was, like, attempting to make some attempt to, like, understand this. I was, like, well, okay, so, like, obviously what happened was at first he was hitting on me and he thought that maybe I was going to like respond positively. And then when I didn't, he got angry Uh and chose to like threaten me kind of, which is like, just, I mean, I understand some people have a hard time with rejection and maybe that's where this is stemming from. But again, it's just like, like so inappropriate physically threatening somebody because but they're like yelling at a woman from a car ever elicited a positive response yeah yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. yeah i want to go on a date with you like they're not doing it to date you they're not doing no it to yeah pick you i really up. i really think it's more of like a just the power mm-hmm. dynamic thing yeah. like i don't know i mean you know i've never cat called anybody so i can't <laughs> can't honestly because speak to the world hasn't told you that that's normal for you to do yeah yeah, yeah. steve do you have any bros that do th- this kind of no, thing? No, of course not. <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> hang out with them still. Well, no, I'm glad. I'm but I, I, you know, I, it is interesting that we're talking about that right now because it doesn't work. And people try to say that, uh, oh, I, you know, they people always, logically it doesn't make sense because it doesn't. It's a compliment. It's, yeah, it's not about that. It is about uh, exerting power and control. Uh, but I actually had never thought about it like that either. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's sort of like the basis of my show in Dick Pics catcalling just sexual harassment in general is separating sex and harassment that sex and harassment are two very different things and that so often in this society that gets really confused and and that like sending a woman a dick pic again is like hollering at her from a car you're not doing it because you think it's going to elicit like a date or a marriage or mm-hmm. whatever you're doing it because you you get something out of it whether that makes you feel bigger or better or stronger or whether you don't like women and this makes you feel forceful whatever it is it's not about the woman it's not about sex it's about power yeah oof sad 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 um what is the what is the slut it's the slut walk about really what do they say it's about and what do you feel like it's about? Well, they they say uh, that... Because I've seen it, of course, Amber Rose, yeah. really popular and everything, but I, well, I just the, imagine it's just 
women uh, proclaiming their sexuality and that they're okay to exist within that without being harassed. Yeah, for pretty it. much. Do you know how I was originally? No, formed? no, give it to me. Okay, so I don't, I don't remember what city this happened in. Um, and it wasn't New York or LA. <laughs> it's a different city. Um, but in some city, I'm gonna say maybe Philadelphia. Or I Chicago. think that sounds right. Yeah, Philadelphia. it's one of yeah. those. Um, there was a rape case um, where, like, some girl was walking home late at night and she got raped, and uh, the police commissioner of whatever city it was like publicly made a comment that was like, well, I mean, she shouldn't have been walking around like a slut, you know, like late at night in that short skirt. And so of course, like all of the women of that city were just like, fuck that, you know? And so, and so they started slut walk, which was basically women dressing up in slutty clothes, walking around being like, you don't have the right to threaten or, or abuse me because of how I look, you know? And, and so that is basically like the message of slut walk. And, and it's the same message in my piece. It's like, you know, these women should be able to put their needs three feet high on a giant stained glass thing. And like, that doesn't make mean they're asking for it. Or that doesn't mean that you have any sort of right to like harass them or like, you know, do anything shitty, you know? Yeah. I think it is like a powerful, really powerful message even though you're like you know maybe my stained glass isn't going to change the world like entirely <laughs> do you know what I mean but it's like uh exposing people to that kind of message over and over again is really important well I I, that like empowers women to feel like some mm-hmm. authority over their bodies then yeah. that's the point yeah yeah um so you guys seem very very busy <laughs> but Give us give us the hot relationship dating scoop before you, before you go. <laughs> How are you and Danny are still Danny Wild? Chris. Uh, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I get why she's no no no. <laughs> Some Every, of his everyone does are. This. Everyone does this. No, it's fine. Uh, Danny Wild, aka Christopher Zyshug. <laughs> I think I, I feel like if his last name were, were easier to say. No, it's so long. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't know how to say it. We hang out all the time. Yeah, like, um, yeah, Chris and I are still great. We've been dating uh, over a year and a half now. We're going on two years. Um, nice. So yeah, we're actually we we booked a cabin for ourselves for after Slut Walk and Idlewild. We're very excited about getting out and being alone. Nice. For a few minutes. Um, yeah, we're, we're good. <laughs> Great. Um, Whitney. Uh, <laughs> I have been on an intentional celibacy train for like eight months or so. Because like when you see enough dicks at work, like hundreds and <laughs> hundreds of penises that are often accompanied with like not so nice messages. Mm-hmm. Like I have dudes like making gifts of pictures of me and pictures of their balls. <laughs> and sending them to me and being like, fuck you, whore. Like, that makes you, like, not want to date. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, but I have recently in the last, like, month or so sort of, like, started dating again. And I'm on the apps and doing the thing. But I'm so busy that it's not a massive priority. Um, and I also booked a trip for myself right after my <laughs> thing. But it's just a solo trip to Tulum because I ain't got I no man. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Vacation is vacation. Vacation's I mean, whatever. Vacation. No, you know? I'm just going to sleep and read and eat. It's going to be lovely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not close to dating or anything, but I needed a break. Are you, have you gotten any dick pics recently that you were, like, stoked on? 
I welcome dick pic that she like asked for. Have you no. asked for a dick pic before, Courtney? I, I yes. asked for dick pics yeah. like when I'm dating someone. Yeah. Like, I want to sex with you all day long. Yeah, yeah. Let's do this. But like there is a big difference between like, Huge difference. Yeah. Um, and like I love dick. And like dicks are beautiful sometimes. <laughs> but like <laughs> but I don't want to see, you know, dicks from strangers. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. Strangey. Yeah. So um, if people want to see these shows or get more information on them, how how can they find you guys? Well, uh, for mine, um, everyone has to get tickets to go to Slutwalk. It is actually a ticketed event. Um, tickets are free if you use the coupon code thank you Reebok. Um, so if you uh, go on the Slowwalk website and, and just go to the tickets page and use Thank You Reebok, you can get, I think, up to four tickets. Um, so that's what you should do for mine. Maybe go to, you can go to my Instagram. A lot of stuff on there. It's at Maggie West. Um, but yeah, either one of those. Um, mine is thatdickpickshow.com. And it's October 6th and 7th at Think Tank Gallery. There's a ticketing link on there. We've sold out all of our other events, so I highly recommend you get your tickets early. And you can also follow me on Instagram. It's at kid, K-I-D-D dot bell. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for stopping by and sharing your awesome art and friendship. Thanks, Courtney. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. Steve, have you ever made sweet almond love? Not since Sunday. Courtney, have you ever told your partner, I love you a long, a long time? Mm, it's been a while. Or screamed in ecstasy, oh, oh, jojoba. Not since I was by myself this morning, but you will be able to as soon as you tried Astroglido. Astroglide O is a USDA certified organic dual purpose massage oil and personal lubricant. Made from ultra hydrating plant oils, Astroglide O has a luxurious film, delicious coconut scent. You smell pretty good, Steve. It's from the Astroglide O. That's right, and you guys can experience it firsthand. Try a free sample at astroglide.com slash purepleasure and indulge in an organic erotic experience. That's right, it's at astroglide.com slash purepleasure. Oh! I'm not moaning. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today.